You remember when the show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came out? Some of you are like, I wasn't even born then. It's all right. It's cool. Just shows my wisdom. I mean, my age. I, um, I loved that show. Like, I couldn't get enough of it. Partly because I wanted to see somebody like get a million dollars, right? That would have been really cool to see. But the other side of it is um, I have this particular giftedness to know worthless facts that just stick in my head. In fact, as the show gained in popularity and the, the people's choices and desire to be brought in on that game got more and more, Many of my friends would say to me, um, you're my phone a friend. I want you to be my phone a friend. And, and like I took great pride in that. If I'd have been smart, I would have gotten a t-shirt that said, I'm a phone a friend. And probably could have sold it and funded all sorts of things. It was because of this useless knowledge that I had. Oh, not useless. I mean... It's fun, and it's a nice parlor trick, and I can help people out in, you know, pub quizzes and those kind of things. But if you needed me to build a building, not going to happen. Identify a rock, not going to happen. Take your appendix out, I could try, but it would not be successful. <laughs> but if you need to know the last 12 direct-to-video movies that Bruce Willis starred in, I can probably tell you that. Knowledge is something that we all look at and we try to attain to. We, we know that because people will often say, oh, I just don't know enough about that to make a decision. Or I don't know the right things yet to be able to engage in that area. I, I, I need to gain a little bit more knowledge on that subject before I make an educated statement. Knowledge is important to us in this way as well. Just like me growing up thinking the enormous amount of pop culture that I have somehow attained in my brain. But don't ask me the Hebrew alphabet. I won't get it right. I took great pride in that. Just this week I was meeting with someone and I made a reference to something, and they said, your pop culture referencing is just amazing. And I could feel my little heart go, yay! <laughs> Yours might not be that. <laughs> I, I really hope that it's not. But the knowledge that you possess, the thing that you know most about, the thing that you really have delved into, in some sense, that knowledge gives you some great sense of pride. That, that you think, I've attained this, I've grasped hold of it, and it, it gives me the ability to operate in the world. And that's good. Especially if it's your job that you need to have that knowledge for. How author, however, often knowledge, well, Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians, Puffs up. Knowledge causes us to think, not only do I have knowledge, I know it all. I'm well aware of everything that's going on. And if people would just listen to what I have to say. If people would just 
think the way I think because I've gained the right amount of knowledge. Then the world would be better. Then people would get along. Then my life would be so much easier. Paul in this passage is continuing his prayer for these people in Colossae. He's praying for them. He's given thanks for them and who they are. And now he's speaking a prayer over them, petitioning God to give them something. And you'll recognize that he says this, for this reason, since the day we heard of you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. Now, if you've been on this journey with Christ for a while and you've been walking in this way, or perhaps you're trying to figure this out and and know, is this what I really want to be on about? Too often, a relationship with God has been presented as attaining knowledge. Getting the right thoughts about God. Having the right understanding of who he is and how he works in the world. And as I said earlier, when we begin to believe we have a degree of knowledge, it can do two things for us. It puffs us up and closes our ears. It puffs us up because we think, oh, we have have the knowledge. We don't need to learn anymore. I've, I've got it figured out. And so we stop listening to what could be happening. The second thing that knowledge does when it puffs up is it begins to isolate us from relationship. Because we don't want anything that can cause our knowledge to be diminished. And if you know anything about hanging out with people, especially people who might have a different knowledge than you, they're going to cause you to have to evaluate what you thought you had figured out. So oftentimes it's easier just to live in a vacuum of people who think exactly the same way you do. That way I don't have to try and engage in things that are different. Things that might be different than the way I think I have this figured out. That's the reason why it's good that Paul here puts a qualifier on this knowledge. You see, the first thing he says is, I want you to have a knowledge of what? God's will. Not all knowledge, not every bit of knowledge, but God's will. But not just that, that knowledge of God's will comes to you through wisdom and understanding. Knowledge is that thing that we can attain to in our heads. Wisdom is when knowledge encounters the Holy Spirit and moves to understanding. And that's in the heart. I was trying to think who probably in the Bible had the most wisdom. I mean, Jesus. That's the Sunday school answer, and we can all say that. But but who else? Solomon. We think of Solomon. Now Solomon didn't always love the Lord, but. And they tell the story of Solomon as he's 
dealing with two women who come to him with a baby that has died. And they're saying, this baby's mine and this baby is not hers because there were two babies and one of them had been smashed. Now, knowledge would say, well, let's see. Who has the birth certificate? Knowledge would say, can we do a DNA test and get it figured out? Knowledge would say, uh, looks more like you. Wisdom says, let me get to the heart of this. Who's willing to save this child? So let's just cut the baby in half. Now it sounds extreme. But immediately the person whose child that really was said, yes, let her have it. And the mom whose child it was not said, yes, let's do that. Let's cut them in half. You see, wisdom moves our knowledge. You could have attained all sorts of information. But until that information is led through the Holy Spirit into our hearts, that we then begin to understand the movements of God. And so here in this passage, Paul is praying for them to have knowledge that comes and springs and leads to wisdom and understanding that only the Spirit can give. And that's what we should be praying for each other as well. That's gospel-centered prayer. Yes, it's good for us to pray for our needs. Yes, it's good for us to pray for one another when we have things that are going on in our lives. It's good to seek. But above that, beyond that, through that, we should be praying that each one of us will receive the knowledge of God's will with wisdom and understanding that only the Spirit can give. Because it's in that it moves from what we know to what we believe. What we've figured out to what God has revealed. And we do that, why? So that we can live a life worthy of the Lord that pleases Him in every way, bearing the fruit of good work and growing even more than in His knowledge. Catch that, that the way that we continue to walk in this way of wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of God's will is to do the very things He's laid out for us to do. Oftentimes in our walk, when we begin to stop doing the things God has called us to, when we begin to stop living lives that are pleasing to God, when we begin to think, I want to do things my own way, then we begin to have self-knowledge and not God's wisdom. And we can no longer walk in this way of knowledge. Now that's not saying that you're able to get there because of what you're doing, but it's telling you that by doing the will of God, it enables you to recognize what God is doing to bring you his wisdom. And so we grow in the knowledge of God. Doesn't that sound exciting? It, it does to me, partly because I like to know things. But more than that, I've learned through my Christian life that knowing things don't get me that far. But it's when I believe them. When they rest in my heart and they're transforming me by the power of the Spirit, then with wisdom I'm able to discern, is God calling me this way 
for that. Now these folks that are in Colossae that Paul is writing to, he's telling them this and praying for them in this way for a specific reason. He's praying that they will have this knowledge that they'll continue to walk in the way that pleases God. Why? So that they will be strengthened with all power according to who? God's glorious might. Why? So that they can have great endurance and patience. See, that's the danger for us when we rely on our own knowledge, thinking that we think things and we know that we've got it figured out because something will happen in your life that will challenge that knowledge and it will fall apart. But when you walk in the knowledge of God's will, when you're walking in the path that he has laid out for you, when you are stepping into the wisdom and understanding that only he can give through the spirit, then you're able to endure when things seem opposite of what you think they should be. When it seems like it is the darkest, it is then that you rely on the wisdom that God has given you to believe and know. These folks were going to experience persecution. They were going to experience isolation. They were going to experience being cast out from their families. They were experiencing that even at that moment, and yet the endurance that they needed did not come from a knowledge. It came from a wisdom that springs from that knowledge as it moves just from your head to your heart. And the same is true for us, that even in this moment today, too often we'll rely on the fact that We've got this one verse memorized, and it's our life verse, and it's going to help us through it all. And yet, we don't understand through wisdom what God is doing in that verse for us. It just resides up here. And we think if we rotely say it in some magical way, it will strengthen us. And yet, God can even work in that. But his true desire is for you to have it embedded in your heart, hidden, so that you can walk in the way that he has laid out for you and for me. And then he says, we give joyful thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people. See, the thing is this. We might recognize that knowledge is up here and we like it. Or we don't think we have enough of it. And we might understand that we need to have wisdom placed into our hearts through God. But inevitably, as we try to do it, if you look at my bookshelf or my Kindle, you will understand that I think if I read that latest book, if I listen to that latest preacher, it will get me the thing that I need. Yet God has come to say, I am all knowledge. I am all wisdom. I am all understanding. Not that reading, not that learning are bad things. They're not, they're good. However, when our reliance and strength turns back to them to cause us to have pride and diminish others around us, then they lose their power and potential to change. It is only when we recognize that the true word of God, Jesus, 
came to sacrifice himself for us. That we then can attain that knowledge and wisdom and understanding. In verse 13 it says, For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son. He loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That verse in 1 Corinthians 8 that I mentioned earlier, where Paul is addressing some knowledge-based people, he says this, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. It is in Christ's love that we are built up. And in doing that, then we have the ability, living gospel lives, to build one another up. Yes, there are times in that building up that we have to take knowledge that somebody might have or be accepting of the knowledge that we have that is incorrect. That is wrong. And it needs to be put aside. Even if we've pinned all sorts of hopes on it. But it is only done in love. Or should be. Because knowledge, just to say, no, no, you're thinking wrong. Let me tell you the right way to think. <laughs> That's not going to help. But if we say, I love you. I love you. I want you to know the depths and knowledge of God's love. And it might change what you believe. The knowledge that you have. It could break it. I want to walk with you as you walk in that way. And I want you to walk in that with me. It's not just me up here telling you to do that. I'm saying to you right now, hear me very loud and clear. Please, in your love for me, will you walk to say that knowledge needs to be submitted to the love of God because I don't always get it right as much as I'd like to think that I do and nor do you and that's the reason why we run to the loving embrace of the father who says I have taken you from that darkness that darkness that your false knowledge leads to and I have brought you into the kingdom of the son I love and not only that, you have an inheritance there. Something to hold on to and believe. Something that is waiting for you and moving towards you. So that you can be those who know and understand and have wisdom and love of God. Let me pray for us. We thank you, Father. Let whatever's from you stand strong and whatever's not from you, go away. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.